Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're reenacting the kids in the video. No way, a calendar. That's awesome. So uh, Christmas really is, no matter who you talk to, you may get versions of Jesus, you may get versions of Santa, but almost everybody has, it has something to do with gifts, of being generous. And at the core of the Christian faith, that really is the message of Christmas, a gift given and a gift received. And uh, we're going to talk about this morning. I think we can all really think back to some gifts that we've gotten over the years, maybe some gifts that we really enjoyed. You know, we, we, hey, it's exactly what I asked for. This is awesome. Maybe some gifts that were just functional. You know, the guy with the socks and the, and the underwear. Uh, it, there was, I saw some outtakes from the video, and uh, they said they had Santa looking at, like the guy said, I want socks and underwear. And he looked at the other person in, in the background and said, he's going to wish he had asked for a big TV. <laughs> but uh, there you can see we, we've got gifts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, we've we got gifts that excite us, uh, gifts. If anybody's thinking of getting me a comb or hair products for Christmas, that would be a bad gift. And then uh, just the, the traditional Christmas sweater. I guess you have to wear that long enough just to get a picture taken. But it's there are some gifts that you get, and you're like, wow, I wish they would have saved the receipt because uh, I, need, I need to give this back or re-gift it to somebody else. But uh, there are some lessons that we can take away from it being the season of gifts and what they speak to our lives. So the first thing I wanted to look at this morning, when we think about Christmas and giving gifts and it being the season of gifts, we always make a list, don't we? We, we get out our pen and our paper, or maybe it's not as official at your house. You just kind of have the list in your mind. But, but we go through. We usually have some criteria. Who's going to get a gift from me this year? You know, maybe, maybe it's uh, somebody in our family. It's our friends. It's maybe a coworker. You even go that far. Maybe it's just people that like us. Some, we have some kind of criteria that they make the, the list. Uh, maybe it's somebody that's going to give us a gift back. You know, that, that lady, she gave us a gift last year. I guess we've got to go buy one this year. Do you ever have that experience? You, you get this really nice gift from somebody, and you're like, they weren't on my list. <laughs> and, and then you, you have this whole awkward thing. But some criteria we have, and, and God, in his wisdom, in, in his infinite justice, and in his mercy, and his wisdom, his love, he made a list too. And here's who his list included. If you look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 from the Mirror Translation, it says this, Herein is the extremity of God's love gift. Mankind was rotten to the core when Christ died their death. God's list included all mankind. He didn't look at it and say, Hey, it's just the people that are going to give me a gift back. It's, it's just the people that, you know, I like them, so they're, they're nice to me. I'll, I'll give them a gift. He included all of us, his friends and his enemies. The, the people who were near and the people who were far away, the, the people that would appreciate and respond to the gift and the ones that would ignore it and just say, oh, that's, I guess that's nice, God. He didn't discriminate. He didn't make any differentiation. His list included us all. So that struck me this morning. If we want to be like God in that way, we need to drop our lists of who's right, who's wrong, who we like, who we don't like, because we see all those lists in society today, don't we? We see black and white. We see rich and poor. We see gay and straight. All these, these things that are in the news right now, even that, that we categorize and put people into lists. And God's asking, what about just loving them? The same way that mankind was rotten to the core when I sent Jesus to walk on this earth and then to die on the cross. How about we start with that list? We just love people. And, and this doesn't mean that there aren't things that are right and wrong in life doesn't mean that there aren't things that are sinful and righteous actions. It just means we need to drop our lists and love people unconditionally. Um, so our Christmas challenge as far as making a list this morning 
is I want us to include somebody on our list that we think is rotten to the core. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. We all know somebody like that in our lives, don't we? I don't, don't make any names. Uh, you know, some of you are very tempted right now, like you're going to lean over to your neighbor and say, I know exactly who he's talking about. I, I don't need the list right now. You don't need to tell everybody in the room. But put someone on your list this year to give them something that you just know they're rotten to the core. They might appreciate it or they might throw it back in my face. But, but when you give it, pray. Expect God to do something in their life. And you're going to reap a blessing and a harvest from it, even if they don't appreciate the gift you give them. It's still because it's that generosity that wells up within us. So there's a first challenge about gifts. Let's drop our lists and, and just love everyone. And then think about who's been rotten to the core that maybe a gift would melt their heart this season. Uh, I, was just, I just had that picture from, uh, is it the Muppets Christmas Carol? Where Mr. Scrooge, they give him the scarf. Beaker gives him the scarf. <laughs> And hands it to him and and Scrooge's heart just melts. No one's ever given me a gift before. And it it changes his life. So there's a challenge for that. The next thing we do when we are thinking about gifts at Christmas time, we always make a budget. Maybe maybe you don't make a budget and it's gotten you in trouble, but we make a budget. We we sit down and we say, here's all the people we want to give gifts to. Here's here's what works in our monetary constraints. We as human beings have finite resources, right? If, if, I give, if I give $20 to this person, that only leaves five for this person on the list. Or maybe, you're, maybe your sizes, your denominations are bigger, or maybe they're smaller. But we have finite resources. And when we make a list, we make a budget, we have to sit down and figure out, who am I going to allot all these things to? How many of you know that's not the way it works with God? He, he is not a God of limited resources. Uh, he doesn't look at it and say, oh, well, if I bless Chris with this, I won't have any left over for Tim. Right. Sorry, Tim, I, I gave everything away to him this year. God doesn't work like that. We look throughout Scripture, God's riches are called glorious. They're called unsearchable. They're called incomparable. They're, they're, God really does own everything. He has it all at his disposal, and it's not just natural things. We, we limit it sometimes to money, but God really does have everything at his disposal to bless us with, whether it's finances or it's just peace in our heart, whether it's a blessing of our health. Whatever it is, God is not limited in those resources. It is a poverty and a lack mentality that looks at God and says, well, I'm going to be upset if you bless them because then you might not have enough for me. Or we get jealous. Why did you give that to them, God? He doesn't operate that way. He's no respecter of persons. He loves everyone equally and he will bless us. We all know that verse in Philippians that says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Here's another translation of it that I liked. It says, My God shall also abundantly fill... Every nook and cranny to overflowing in all areas of your lives. Look at your neighbor and say nooks and crannies. Man, that makes everybody want an English muffin or something, right? It says God will fill every nook and cranny to overflowing in all areas of his life. Uh, The wealth of his dream come true in Christ Jesus measures his generosity towards you. God's resources are limitless. He gives and doesn't discriminate against us. Uh, how about this? The most valuable gift ever given, since we are talking about Jesus, in case I didn't make that clear already. He is the gift that we're celebrating. Uh, the most valuable gift ever given to mankind. Couldn't put a money price tag on it. That's right. It's not about money anyway. They're, they're the most valuable gift we've ever received had nothing to do with a financial amount. And what's interesting is we often don't even remember 
the size of the gift or what it was that we got. You know, I, I started as this week as I was getting this lesson ready. I tried to think back. What were some of the most exciting Christmas gifts I ever received? You know, what what did I open that morning? I was just like, this is awesome. You know, I, I couldn't really remember a whole bunch. I, I remember getting some things, but, you know, it's hard to pin it down. But I remember who was there, how I felt being around family, the value that was communicated to me just by the fact that somebody was thoughtful enough to give me a gift. And so there's another challenge this morning. Uh, let's give something to someone from our heart that communicates their value instead of the value of the gift. Did you ever think about that? It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of money to write somebody a letter, tell them how important they are to your life. It doesn't, doesn't take a lot of money to make a phone call to mend a relationship with somebody, to go out of our way to say, you're valuable to me. The same way that God was speaking that to us when he sent Jesus, you're valuable to me, enough that I'm going to send the best gift ever. So, there's your, there's your second challenge. Some of you are already you're stuck on the first one. I got it. Somebody's rotten to the core. I'm not sure I can do that one. Now you're giving me more. Uh, well, if, if one of them speaks to you, do them or do them all. But there's the second challenge was give somebody something that communicates their value instead of how much it costs. You know, maybe you start by thinking, who just missed the cut on my Christmas list? Who did I run out of stuff to give and had to think of? Maybe look at it that way. But so uh, we make a list, we make a budget, then we rack our brains trying to think about what to give. Do you, ever, do you ever sit down and do that? You're just scratching your head. What do I get for him? He's got everything. What do I give her? There, there's nothing they could lack. Um, I wrestled with that with my dad. My dad was the hardest person to shop for for Christmas because dad, whatever he needed during the year or whatever he wanted, he just went out and got it. Even like in November after Thanksgiving... Before in that two week window before Christmas, I remember dad would come home with something brand new, like a golf club or something. Probably is what I'm thinking of. He'd be like, yeah, look what I just went and got myself. And mom and I are like, you know, Christmas is like three weeks away. You couldn't wait and just say, hey, I'd really like this for Christmas. No, dad really was the the impossible guy to shop for. He, He had everything that he needed. And if he wanted it, he went and got it even the week before Christmas. So. I don't think I'm going to get any of them, but I actually was in the store earlier a couple of weeks ago and I saw a couple of things on the shelf. And I'm like, man, I'd really like that. And I was like, oh, it's, it's Christmas season. I'll tell somebody I would like that and I'm not, I'm not going to grab it myself. But I thought it really is difficult to get something for someone that has everything. How about this? An equally difficult question is what do you get for someone who has nothing? Where do you start? What's, what's the greatest need they have? Where, what, 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 what could you give that would improve their life when they have nothing to begin with? What need do you meet first? And I thought, you know, that's exactly the condition we found ourselves in when God decided to send Jesus to this earth. We, we had nothing. In fact, we read this verse in Revelation this morning in Sunday school. We were wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. We, had, we could not produce gifts. We didn't have anything to give in our own strength. And Romans 5, 6 says it this way, God's timing was absolutely perfect. Humanity was at their weakest when Christ died their death. We had nothing to offer. We had nothing to bring to the table. We weren't the people that said, hey, you gave me that really nice gift. Well, I can match it with an equally nice one back to you. We had nothing to offer, and he still gave the best. In fact, he knew that we needed it before we even asked him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're big list makers. We, we, we write down stuff so that we don't, we, 
I don't know why. You like the guesswork more than I do. I like give me a list and I'm going to buy you what's on the list because I know you want it. Whereas Pam's more of a spontaneous, I got this because I thought you would like it. You know, but, but sometimes we make lists in our family. But God knew, the, the Father knew before we even made a list, before we were even aware that we had nothing to give, before we were even aware that we were wretched, poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. And Jesus told his disciples it this way. He said, the Father knows what you need even before you ask. And God, in his wisdom, looked at our fallen humanity, our weakness, and said, you need a Savior. I'm going to send my Son. So the, the Christmas challenge in that is very simple. I put, share the gospel with somebody this Christmas season. Tell them the good news. And it's not just the good news that starts with, hey, you're a sinner and you need to be saved, but the good news that Jesus wants to be one with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to give you eternal life that you can start walking in right now. Uh, We talk about this a lot here. Eternal life is really about a quality of life that we experience, not just the duration of time. It is hot in here, isn't it? Man. That's what happens when it's like 65 degrees outside in the middle of December. All right, well, I will, I'm going to hurry through these last three because I'm sweating. <laughs> Man, so share the gospel with somebody this Christmas. It's, it's easy. People are open to it this time of year. They want to talk about Jesus around Christmas time. Just, just tell them how good he's been to you. Uh, then, as I was thinking about Christmas being the, seasons of, the season of gifts, Jesus really is the perfect gift that we've ever received, that we could ever give away. And he called himself a gift, actually. When he was talking to the woman at the well, uh, Jesus in John chapter 4, he said this, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus himself is a gift that came to humanity. We can, isn't this a cool gift? We can actually receive him and give him away. Usually the gifts we get in the natural around Christmas time, we get it and it's ours. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's candy. You know, you get it and it really is yours. You don't give any of it away because you eat it all. I know how this works. It, it works at our house like that. Like, where's that candy I bought for the Christmas dish? Oh, nowhere. I haven't seen it. <laughs> don't tell monkey. Um, <laughs> so. I'm sorry, that was a random Kung Fu Panda reference that just ran through my mind. But we can actually receive Jesus and give him away to others. Um, I thought about this. Jesus really is the gift that meets every one of our needs. No matter what need we have, no matter what we realize, uh, for those people that are stumbling around in darkness, what is Jesus? He's the light. It's, it's on the list on the screen. For the people who are lost, he's the way. For, for people that are deceived. How many of you know people that are deceived? And that's part of, part of deception is they don't know they're deceived, right? That's, that's why it's deceiving. For people that are deceived, he's the truth. He breaks through those clouds of deception and brings truth into their lives. For people who are lonely, he comes and is a friend. He, he no longer calls us servants, but he calls us friends, he says. For the broken in our lives, he's the healer. How many of you know broken people that need to receive Jesus as the healer this morning? There's something about Jesus that no matter what condition we find ourselves in, He is the best gift we could ever receive. And this is the condition we were all in for the sinner. He is salvation. He comes and saves and delivers us. So another Christmas challenge this morning is let's give away what we've been given. I just I asked the question, do you know people who are broken? Do you know people that are lost and lonely? 
We, we know people like that. They need to receive the gift of Jesus as the healer, as the Savior, as the way, the truth, and the life. We can give away what we've been given to them. The same way He's revealed Himself to you, begin to share that with others. And the last thing I wanted to look at this morning that is Christmas is the season of gifts. Uh, Jesus really is the gift that keeps on giving. Did you ever, did you ever get a Christmas gift that it's like a one-time use or, or your kids, we see this in our kids a lot. They play with it for like 10 minutes and then it goes on the shelf and they move on to something else and we never see it again. Jesus isn't like that. And he wasn't a one-time occurrence in our lives. He didn't, he didn't just come and say, hey, nice to meet you, Pam. I'll be your savior and check in with me in 100 years. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He continually appears in our lives. In fact, uh, he told his disciples that... Uh, He was eating with them. He gave them this command in Acts chapter 1. He says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Huh. So Jesus, the gift himself, was already standing there. And it says, There's more. I I could imagine the disciples being like, Jesus, you're awesome. What what could be better than this? We have Jesus with us, and, and you're doing all this great stuff, and we get to be with you. The awesomeness of it was, he wasn't just going to be with them. He was going to be in them because he was going to go away so the Holy Spirit could come and fill his people. Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving, continues to appear in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. We, at Christmas time, we celebrate his first advent. You know, we, we get the manger, we sing the carols, we celebrate his coming then. We look forward to his second coming, to his return one day. But we need to be looking for his appearing continually in our lives. Through the Holy Spirit, Lord, where are you going to show up today in my life? He will, He will, because He's faithful, He will appear the moment we give Him room in our lives. As if, I just, I thought about that, as, as if becoming one with God and being filled with power through the Holy Spirit wasn't enough, He continues to also give gifts in our lives. He moves in various ways that, that enable us to do things that we can never do on our own. I want to read something. I thought of this, making room for Jesus in our lives. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this or not, but I, I wanted to read this because we talked about making space for him. So that, there's the last challenge this morning. Let's, let's unwrap him every day. How many of you are excited to get up and unwrap those presents? All right, two people raise their hands. So the rest of you, you can drop your presents off at my house, and I'll be happy to unwrap them and enjoy them for you. How many of you like to unwrap presents? Well, let's... Why do we limit that to once a year with Jesus? Let, let's, can, let's unwrap him every day in our lives. And what do I mean by that? Lord, what do you have for me today? Where can I make space in my life for you? Where, where can I see you appear and manifest in my life? And he will come. Pam and I, well, main, mainly Pam, and then she gives it to me like every other day. It says, you need to read today's. But uh, Pam got this Christmas devotional that we've kind of been looking at. And I wanted to read... Was this yesterday or today's? This was today's? This was today's uh, devotional. So just close your eyes for a minute. Please don't fall asleep because it is warm. (laughs) But uh, just close your eyes and and listen to this. Uh, It says, she became a space. It says, Mary. She opens her hands and nods. And the promises come true in the space of her surrender. The pod of the Most High God lodging within her willing yes. Beneath her heart, in one yielded space, beats the thrumming love of God. There's no need to produce or perform or perfect. Simply become a place for God. That's all. 
Now here, in this juncture of time and space, God chooses the inconceivable, grace. And He conceives Himself to deliver grace into the world. Conceive. It's not passive, but an active verb. Its root in Latin means nothing less than to seize and to take hold of. When grace conceives in you, you take hold of God. When you are a space to receive whatever the will of God is in this moment as grace, you take hold of God. You most take hold of God when you simply receive Him in this moment taking hold of you. Taking hold of your unsure hands. Taking hold of your unseen needs. Taking hold of your unknown stress. He wants to take hold of you. To be with you. He wants to carry you. To be carried by you. To have relationship with you. The being with is always the gift. Not merely the doing for. Because God knows relationship is the only reality. There is nothing else. The way He lives in the Trinity the way we are tethered to Him, to His body, the way He is with us and in us, the way we make space for Christ to grow in us, unfold love in us, the way the life of Christ stirs amazing grace within us. The way anywhere you make space for someone, you become a womb for God. He comes to you as the exhausted man over a plate of cold food, the brushed-off kid in the hall, the loud woman peppering your patience with a thousand questions. When you slow and let your eyes fully receive theirs, or your words nourish the small things, any time you're a safe place for another soul, you open and conceive grace. You become a womb for God. Nothing is impossible with Him. Christmas is conceived in your world when you simply receive it, however Christ and His will comes to you. When we think we're the ones who have to produce Christmas, We only half-wrap the notion that we think the saving of the world begins with us. There's a name for this, and it's called idolatry. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven, says the one who's preparing the way. Hear it like an echo of the heavenlies. Christmas can't be made, like people can't be self-made, like dreams can't be force-made. Everything is given from heaven. Everything is a gift. Your life becomes a masterpiece the moment you see it as a gift of grace to willingly receive. It is more blessed to give than receive, and it may be a struggle for us to receive rather than give. Christmas humbles us. We are not the givers we long to be, nor are we the receivers that God woos us to be. Mary kneels before us this first Christmas, not as a woman producing, performing, or perfecting, but simply bending before a God who has all the power to dispatch angels, enfold himself in embryonic cells, choreograph the path of stars, a God who quietly beckons every man, every woman, to simply come, bend, make a space, and receive. This can be hardest. We struggle to receive. Sometimes we are better givers than getters. Grace for me? I don't have to bring anything. I don't have to make anything to produce or to perform anything. What if someone sees how empty I am? How I am not enough? How my gifts are not enough. How giving all I've got is never enough. How there are empty places in me. Gaping places. All these hollow, starving places. Mary nods at you in the last days of Advent. Only one thing is necessary. Be a space for love to come. You simply have to receive love. Let yourself be loved. God says, will you let me fill all your emptiness with love? Receive my love and conceive my grace. It's for you.
this this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning, I, I want us to take those challenges to heart. To, to give something to someone who's rotten to the core, to do those things. But it doesn't start in your own strength. It starts by us first receiving His love, by knowing it's His grace that empowers us, that we can't do anything without communing with Him. Let's go ahead and stand. If you've never, ever asked Him to come and be with you, if you've never asked Him to come live in your heart, to pour His Spirit out in you, to be one with you, I just ask that you would consider doing that this morning. Let this Christmas time be a time to start that relationship with Him. Just to say, Lord Jesus, I don't even understand what it all means, but I make a space for you right now in my heart. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came to this earth during the first Christmas season to be born as a baby, to live as a man, and to die for me. It's that simple to come to know Him, to receive Him this morning. And if you have already done that, if, if you've been walking with the Lord, no matter if it's been five months, five years, 50 years, whatever time frame that you've been walking with God, I just ask you this morning just to make a new and a fresh space even as we were just reading about. Lord, I receive. In the, in the middle of the chaos of this season, in the middle of my busy life, in the middle of people yelling at me from every side, in the middle of all the demands that are placed on me, I pause right now and I make a space to receive you. And God, as people do that all over this room right now, I thank you that you come in this moment by the power of your spirit that you empower us with your grace Lord God that you let the, the striving the earning, the working melt off of us and we simply come to a place where we know that we receive you and Lord even as, even as you stirred us thinking about who's on my rotten list who do I need to communicate value to who do I need to share the gospel with I thank you that we can do those things not through our own strength, not through churning up Christmas ourselves, but by the grace we receive just from making space for you. Lord, continue to be with us. Continue to empower us. Even the, the balance of this year is, as we move out from this place today to celebrate, to be with friends and family, to come sing carols and light candles, whatever it may be, I thank you that you are with us at all times. Your life is in us and it flows through us. Lord, strengthen your people. Bless us today. Let your favor and your face continue to shine on us. Let your goodness continue to be seen in every aspect of our lives. Your unsearchable, incomparable riches given to us in the form of Jesus. We love you and we honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I am going to dismiss you, but I will say the altar will be open. If you want someone to pray with you, there will be people up here to pray. And uh, 